60 years ago, our ancestors laid the groundwork for us to stand here today before you. There are three words that lie at the core of our country and our humanity, love, family, and freedom. We're coming together to face down the efforts of those who try to spread fear and divide us. And remember, as hard as they may try, they can't ban black queer joy. <laughs> family! To this way out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine, I'm Greg Gordon. Dozens are charged in a raid on a Nigerian same-gender wedding. Canada warns its queer citizens about traveling to the U.S. And LGBTQA plus voices are loud and queer at the 60th anniversary March on Washington. Those stories and more this week because you've chosen this way out. I'm Kaylin Hardman. And I'm Wenzel Jones. With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending September 2nd, 2023. Between 1 and 200 people were detained in Ekpon, Nigeria during the early morning hours of August 28th. 67 of them will be prosecuted for conducting and attending a same-sex wedding ceremony. Convictions for same-gender sex carry prison terms of up to 14 years. Under Nigeria's 2013 Same-Sex Marriage Prohibition Act, the 67 detainees face up to 10 years for participating in a same-sex wedding. The suspects were put on parade in a live television broadcast. A police official in the southern Abuja state town said, We cannot copy the Western world. We are Nigeria and we must follow the culture of the country. Dozens of alleged gay wedding guests have been arrested in recent years in the Western African nation. Amnesty International is demanding an immediate end to this witch hunt. In a society where corruption is rampant, this law banning same-sex relations is increasingly being used for harassment, extortion, and blackmail. It's been confirmed that two Ugandan men are facing charges of aggravated homosexuality under the Anti-Homosexuality Act 2023. That charge carries a potential death sentence, according to what critics call the Kill the Gays law. The law also punishes same-gender sex in general with up to life behind bars. Aggravated homosexuality is defined as same-gender incest or sex with someone who is HIV positive, a minor, an elderly person, or a disabled person. A 43-year-old man was arrested in mid-July for performing a sexual act with a child aged 12 years of the same sex, according to National Public Radio. In a more recent case, a 20-year-old man is being charged with aggravated homosexuality for having consensual sex with a disabled 41-year-old man. There has not been an execution in Uganda since 2005, according to Pink News. President Yoari Museveni has held power since 1986 in the East African country. In 2018, he called for the resumption of the death penalty to combat a crime wave. The 20-year-old defendant's attorney, Justine Balia, told Reuters that a constitutional challenge to the Anti-Homosexuality Act has been filed, but that judges have yet to take up the case. 
We have professionals in the government whose job is to look carefully around the world and to monitor whether there are particular dangers to particular groups of Canadians. With those words, Canada's Deputy Prime Minister, Christian Freeland, explained this week that Global Affairs Canada has updated its travel advisory for the United States. Its LGBTQ citizens are being cautioned about travel to their southern neighbor because anti-queer laws in many states could ruin their visit. A media statement didn't specify any states by name, but warned, Since the beginning of 2023, certain states in the U.S. have passed laws banning drag shows and restricting the transgender community from access to gender-affirming care and from participation in sporting events. This information is provided to enable travelers to make their own informed decisions regarding destinations. Outside Canada, laws and customs related to sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, and sex characteristics can be very different from those in Canada. Deputy P.M. Freeland Every Canadian government, very much including our government, needs to put at the center of everything we do the interests and the safety of every single Canadian and of every single group of Canadians. That's what we're doing now. That's what we're always going to do. U.S. LGBTQ advocacy groups like the Human Rights Campaign have already warned travelers to avoid Ron DeSantis' notoriously anti-queer state of Florida. Global Affairs Canada may need to look to its own backyard and warn queer people about Saskatchewan. Provincial Education Minister Dustin Duncan has announced school policy changes that require students under the age of 16 to get written permission from a parent or guardian before changing their preferred name or pronouns. Parents can also keep children from attending all or parts of sexual health courses they object to. Opposition to the new policies mushroomed quickly. Healthcare professionals have joined civil rights groups, teachers, and parents in angry protest demonstrations against targeting trans and non-binary students. More than 400 rallied to oppose the new policies in Saskatoon on August 27th. Saskatchewan's opposition leader, Carla Beck, told the Canadian broadcasting company that Duncan's new policies were rooted in divisive politics and called it a new low for the provincial government. Beck said, We fear that it will put already vulnerable kids at greater risk. We don't support outing kids. Reporters could not get Duncan to name any experts he consulted to craft the new policies. The Saskatchewan Teachers Federation warned that they were sacrificing student safety and education to meet political needs. The Saskatchewan Federation of Labor called outing children as part of a political gamble, violent and despicable. To the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, the new policies are simply repulsive. California's Attorney General Rob Bonta is suing the Chino Valley Unified School District. A newly enacted policy requires outing transgender, non-binary, or gender non-conforming students to their parents or guardians. It also requires teachers or other school officials to notify families if a student asks to use campus facilities or to participate in programs that don't match the gender on their official records. Bonta charges in the lawsuit filed on August 28th that the policies violate California's Constitutional Equal Protection Clause and privacy rights. The state's education and government codes also ban bias based on gender identity or expression. During debate, some school board members called being trans, non-binary, or gender non-conforming a mental illness or a perversion. The lawsuit claims that they were motivated by the desire to create and harbor animosity, discrimination, and prejudice towards transgender and gender non-conforming students. 
the suit asked the San Bernardino County Superior Court to issue a temporary injunction to prevent the policies from taking effect. A Chino Valley School District official told the Los Angeles Times that they were working with legal counsel to review the lawsuit and its contents. There will be no opt-out policy when storybooks with LGBTQ characters are read aloud in the Montgomery County School District. Judge Deborah Boardman of the U.S. District Court for Maryland has rejected a lawsuit by several Christian, Jewish, and Muslim parents demanding to pull their elementary school children from classes featuring such stories. She wrote that the plaintiffs had failed to show that schools not having an opt-out policy would result in the indoctrination of their children or otherwise coerce their children to violate or change their religious beliefs. In Boardman's words, parents remain free to pursue their sacred obligation to instruct their children in their faiths. One of the books in question is Love, Violet, about a girl who develops a crush on her classmate. A mother in My Rainbow makes a colorful wig for her transgender daughter. Montgomery County school officials insist that the books are developmentally appropriate. They're not a mandatory part of the curriculum, merely among the recommended books that teachers can choose to read to their classes. The parents' attorney, Eric Baxter, said they plan to appeal. Finally, a temporary restraining order blocked a Texas drag performance ban on August 31st, a day before it was scheduled to take effect. U.S. District Court Judge David Hitner agreed with attorneys for local and state human rights groups and drag entertainers that there is a substantial likelihood that the law as drafted violates the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. Republican Governor Greg Abbott signed the law in June. It bans sexually oriented performances in places where minors could be present. Hosting venues can be fined and individual performers can be charged with misdemeanor offenses. Critics call the wording of the law vague and overly broad and say it could be used to prohibit other forms of costumed entertainment. For Republican Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, it's a push back against the radical left's disgusting drag performances. Plaintiff drag artist Bridget Bandit told the Associated Press, Our community will not be used as a scapegoat or distraction by politicians who do not know who we are or what we do. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending September 2nd, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Wenzel Jones. Stay healthy. And I'm Kaylin Hartman. Stay safe. Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information about how you can give is online at thiswayout.org. Thank Thank you. you. Civil rights leader Bayard Rustin's singing career may be an open secret, 
Just like the organizers' gay identity was an open secret at the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom in August 1963. Queer folk among the quarter of a million people at the Lincoln Memorial back then were, for the most part, invisible. Not true today. LGBTQA plus representation was proud and loud when activists returned to that site on August 28th for the 60th anniversary of the historic march. Here are just some of the highlights. Representing the National Black Justice Coalition, let's welcome Hope Giselle. The March on Washington has always been a march towards. A march towards actualizing the dreams our ancestors laid into each marble slab placed. Sixty years ago, our ancestors laid the groundwork for us to stand here today before you. Today, we nourish the soil for the next generation to see themselves reflected in us. Tomorrow, their wildest dreams can bloom. As I stand here, where 60 years ago, someone believed in a dream. As a black trans woman, my dream is to be able to walk around amongst my people at the very cookout that so many are invited to who don't belong and feel safe. My dream is that when I walk into my home, when I see the faces of the people that look like me, they are not turned up in disgust because of the way that I show up and that the contributions that I and the rest of my community make towards the betterment of blackness is accepted as valuable. And so when I stand here and I speak to my community, I ask you to enjoy the woes of our entirety, to enjoy the nuances of our differences, and to support the struggle that we all sit in. If your fight, if your advocacy, if your moments, if your words do not include the struggles of all black people, it is trash. If you woefully look over the transgressions happening to your black and brown queer brothers, sisters, and siblings, while expecting us all to move into this movement Without resentment, you are sadly mistaken. And so today I ask, today I implore us all as we sit here and we listen to the words of everyone watching, everyone that's been invited to speak, that we hold them with the same reverence, that we leave our biases behind and we show up for everybody black in the same way that Dr. King would have wanted us to. Thank you. <laughs> Family, I am so thrilled to be with you all here today. My name is Kiara Johnson. I am a daughter of the South, a mother, and the first black pansexual woman to lead the national LGBTQ Task Force. It is an extreme honor to celebrate the March on Washington's 60th and the Task Force's 50th anniversaries in the same spot that Audre Lorde spoke from in 1983. The March Baird Rustin helped organize in 1963. 
This opportunity is more than a dream realized for me because I am, we all are, the product of our ancestors' wildest dreams. Our lives are literally under attack. Our trans, genderqueer, and non-binary children are being targeted. Religion has been weaponized to deny care and rights to our loved ones. The erosion of voting rights, the dehumanization of immigrants, the policing of black and brown bodies, and attempts to erase our contributions from the history books. And yet, here we are. Yeah! We are manifesting the solidarity that is the cornerstone of progress, of liberation. The causes are, we are marching for will impact generations. This is our country. This is our democracy. And we have everything we need to demand what we deserve and what we want. We deserve a community that affirms and values, celebrates black trans women instead of one that seeks to eradicate them. We deserve a government that values human rights while uplifting the marginalized and forgotten regardless of immigration status. We deserve a community that invests in the health and well-being of its people and welcomes a society of learning and of love. All people deserve bodily autonomy and liberation that extends across party lines, religion, and the federal and state agencies that our tax dollars fund. We deserve congressional leaders that will pass essential, life-saving, and affirming legislation like the EACH Act, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, the Renewing Immigration Provisions Act, and the expansion of civil rights and passing the Equality Act. So today, let us move forward with determination and hope as we honor the legacy of those who paved the way for us. Let's continue to build bridges of solidarity by reaching out to those who love us but might not quite understand us or what this movement is yet about. As I look out, I see an unstoppable force capable of dismantling the barriers that hinder our collective progress. A multi-generational, multi-racial, and cultural movement cemented in the pursuit of equity, liberation, and justice. Together, we will have it all. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Stacy Stevenson, and I am the President and CEO of Family Equality. There are three words that lie at the core of our country and our humanity love, family, and freedom. Singularly, these words can cause an emotional reaction in the person. You know, it's just something that you feel when you hear those words. It's a knowing, a craving. But when these words are unified and used as our wake-up call, as our anchor, as our North Star, a new movement and awakening can manifest. So today must serve as our awakening, an awakening of our hearts, our bodies, our minds, 
Today we make a collective commitment to forever drop the illusion of separation. Today we realize that love, family, and freedom is on the line for all of us. So we can no longer look away when one of us is harmed. We can no longer be seduced by the comfort of sameness. We can no longer believe that our plights and fights are separate and unique. That is what the forces of ill will want. They want our separation. They'd rather us be divided than united. And to all of you, I say, my fight is your fight and your fight is mine. The fight is ours. Our fight is for the Jewish couple who are turned away from adopting because of what they believe. Our fight is for the LGBTQ family who had to flee their home state to find safety. Our fight is for queer families, straight families, faith families, chosen families, all American families. And we will be unrelenting in our quest for love, family, freedom, until at last we can say we have realized the dream, Dr. King's dream, our dream, the American dream. This is our America, too. You're hearing some of the LGBTQA plus speakers at the 60th anniversary of the 1963 March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom on This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. Good morning. My name is Sheila Lorette Emerson, and I use she and her pronouns. I'm the president of, for the Philadelphia chapter of the largest organization for LGBTQ plus people, families, and allies. P-Flag. I'm also the proud mother of two brave, brilliant beauties, one of whom identifies as LGBTQ plus. I love both of my daughters, and I'm a fierce parent of both of them. I'm also a ride or die ally to the LGBTQ plus community. Back home in Philly and across the country, us members of PFLAG are rising up. We're coming together to face down the efforts of those who try to spread fear and divide us. We are together leading with love. Every person, black, indigenous, people of color, transgender, questioning, every person deserves the freedom to be safe to be their authentic self, and the freedom to thrive. This is what a parent wants for their child, and this is what PFLAG fights for. We have work to do. There is a role and a place for you. Because if you think you don't know an LGBTQ plus person, odds are you do. So join us. Make your community a place where every LGBTQ plus person and family can thrive. Thank you. Actress, singer, entertainer, and GLAD board member, let's welcome Peppermint. Good morning. It is an honor to stand before you today on behalf of GLAD. As we remember and honor the lives and legacies of those who forged the path that we walk towards acceptance and equal rights, 
We, be, we would be remiss if we did not also honor and acknowledge the black LGBTQ history and undergirding of the march. Years before what we would consider the launch of the contemporary movement for LGBTQ rights, queer people of color were playing instrumental roles in kickstarting other civil rights movements. One of the leading organizers of the first March on Washington in 1963 was Baird Rustin, a longtime strategist and activist who fought for racial equality, labor rights, and LGBTQ rights, and who was also a black gay man. Due to criticism and discrimination surrounding his sexuality, Rustin's efforts and achievements that led to the first March on Washington often go unsung. So I stand before you today as a black, a proud black transgender woman living in my truth to not only affirm the contributions and excellence of leaders like Bayard Rustin and Marsha P. Johnson, but the contributions and excellence of LGBTQ people and LGBTQ people of color worldwide, including the multiple black trans women who have unjustly lost their lives due to hate and fear and ignorance. Black queer people will no longer be rendered silent, invisible, or diminished because we have always been here. And we will continue to be as we passionately shout along with those in our community and our allies that black lives matter and black queer lives matter. We will not back down in the face of increased violence, harassment, or the anti-LGBTQ and anti-Black legislation currently sweeping the nation. We will continue to demand our, the rights and liberties that we deserve in the country that our ancestors helped build. Black, queer, and trans people are your sisters, your brothers, your siblings. We are your family. The people who are interested in rolling back and dismantling LGBTQ rights are also interested in removing African-American studies and black history from our schools. They are also the same people invested in stopping us from having bodily autonomy and making decisions and choices about our own health care. Now, some people may not understand the connection between LGBTQ issues and black issues. They may not see how our communities overlap and are intertwined. They may not understand the intersectionality that I'm speaking of. One of the mantras of today's march is, what you are not changing, you are choosing. So, to anyone who hasn't considered all the ways in which our communities are woven together, I ask you to choose today and every day hereafter to march forward alongside us and champion our collective causes together. The, to my community, our community, and LGBTQ people and youth everywhere, I see you, I love you, I am you, I am with you. Yes, darling. <laughs> and remember, as hard as they may try, they can't ban black joy. They can't ban queer joy, and they definitely can't ban black queer joy. Thank you. You've been listening to queer highlights from the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom 60th anniversary. Hey.
Thanks for choosing This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. News Wrap was reported this week by Kaylin Hardman and Wenzel Jones and produced by Brian DeShazer. The Kinks, Bayard Rustin, and Sister Sledge performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out thanks the Jane and Deborah Cluey Charitable Fund and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Ask us for more information. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For associate producer Lucia Chappelle and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Greg Gordon. We thank you for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts and on KBRP, Bisbee, Arizona, WERU, Bangor, Maine, 2SER, Broadway, New South Wales, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.